podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 7th of February, 2023. My name is Patrick Smith. We're on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and all of your normal podcast providers, including a little machine in the corner. Um, on this week's show, with an international break looming, the Giants took four points from the weekend at the SSE Arena, jumped to second place in the standings, qualified for the playoffs, and closed the gap of the Flames to two points. It's definitely business end of the season. Uh, we'll get to those games shortly. Um, and French, fresh, French, fresh from his starting role. He was French as well. Uh, starring role on Sunday afternoon. Andrew Dixon's going to join us for a bit of a chat. Um, we'll have a bit of news. Aaron Murphy's going to be our guest to talk about next Tuesday's game on the Via Play. Uh, next Tuesday's game on Via Play against the Panthers. I'm going to put my teeth back in and try to get on with this. You're doing great. Uh, and yeah, and we've got all the usual crack besides. Mr. Bajemsey, you doing well? Paddy, I'm not too bad. Um, I'm aware that we're going to try and break an AVFTV record tonight and do a show in an hour flat. So I'm conscious that we need to keep things rolling. Um, big happy birthday to my dad, 75 today, which was yesterday, but today because so happy birthday, Roy. <clears throat> what are you trying to say, Davey? What are you trying to say? say it's Monday night and yes, it's his yes, birthday. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Joel, how are you doing? Do the very best, boys. Nice to see you. Um, and thanks to Coach and to Sis and, and whoever else for filling in there the last couple of weeks. I was watching good shows. Uh, Coach, uh, listen, if you had the Coach Russell on tonight, good luck keeping it under an hour. I'm here to be brief for you. <laughs> man could talk. Man. Now, <clears throat> we are going to start We are going to start the show with something that's been going over the last couple of weeks. They've sort of dropped off our guests. Hopefully they'll come back in the next minute or two, Davey. But give us, an, oh, yeah. uh, give us a description of what's been happening in the last few days and the response that we've got. So obviously, um, we, we spoke very briefly at the uh, at the tail end of last week's show on any other business about, you know, donate for Dahi. He was over in London um, pushing this Dahi's law for, for opt-out, I think it is, um, donor donation. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be all over the the, the topic. Joel might be, want to come in a wee bit more on it, but this is obviously a very expensive time for the family. <coughs> These trips to London back and forwards are self-funded, so we wanted to try and put a little bit of money into the pot for them. Belfast Giants were very gracious and have said that uh, whoever wins our draw will can choose any player, and they can have a game one shirt home or away from that player. So um, as as only a couple of weeks ago, we put the call out for, for Mark Garside, and we're really blessed that people put their hands in their pockets. Again, unbelievably, we've sold 1,600 quid's worth of tickets for this draw in what was a matter of days. It feels like That's I incredible. put it out like on Friday last week or something. So it was only two or three days. But we wanted to keep it short because I don't want to protect these things anymore. So if uh, if they do pop back on there, we £1,600 to send them, courtesy of you guys. Nothing to do with us three. You just put your hands in your pockets and... Um, I've got the draw ready to go. So 
if they well, do come back on the day, for, we'll, before we'll, you do, we'll roll before on. Davey, that's just, just to add my own two pence, you know, that's absolutely remarkable. And I've said it many times before, when it comes to situations like this, the Belfast Giants fans are like no other and sticking their hands in their pockets, as you say, so soon after what we're done with it with Mark Garside and the, and the Nicky unit in, uh, at the um, at the Ulster Hospital. So it's uh, remarkable. So a massive thank you to everybody who stuck their hand in their pockets. I know we were getting, or we get the emails coming through of the donations that were being made and they were coming thick and fast. And, wild, um, and this total is this total's unbelievable. So yeah, well done to, well done to everybody who part of it. And I thank you to everybody who's uh, stuck their hand in their pocket. Davey, work away, sir. This is your, this is your thing. So if, 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 if Dahi and, and they will drop. Aren't, aren't coming back we're gonna i i can hopefully if i go paddy what i do do i go to <coughs> let's, uh, let's break here. the fourth wall oh before you do before you do hold on there might Relax. be somebody up here here we go Watch. wait 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 please welcome back to view from the bridge dahi and marchie yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes sorry folks what a, what a time for the phone today <laughs> I'll kind of that's very, very briefly go back over it, Marcin. We were explaining like with everything that's going on with your cause at the minute, back and forwards to London. These things aren't these things aren't free. Uh, you know, this is self-funded mostly, and and we wanted to put a wee bit back. So the Giants have been very gracious and given us a a game-worn shirt for any for whoever wins a draw. We had three thousand tickets sold for this. We've raised sixteen hundred pounds, Marcin, in three or four days. So. I will be sending that over to you later on. Um, I'll arrange the, the bank details and stuff later on. But the Belfast Giants fans, in just like a number of days, it shows you how much a part of the family you are there and how much people wanted to, you know, donate. So I'm going to put up, you can, do you want to say something before I, I put the wee screen up here? I'm at, <laughs> there you go, Daddy said it. I'm absolutely speechless. You can, uh, you can probably see from my face. Unbelievable. Um, like, when we joined the Belfast Giants family, we've never received support like it. It's been abs. I'm feverish. You're gonna make me cry here. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, here. Uh, the last the last few weeks may have been very very tough. You know, we've, we've chatted and whatever, and, and the things that are going on, and you, you the chats you've had with like of of Jeffy Donaldson and, and the Secretary of State, and and trying to get this sort of moving. It's a, no doubt. It was a it was a gut punch when, when when the news came through about the difficulties that were taking place. So hopefully hopefully with with what the Belfast Chance have been able to do, the Belfast Chance fans have been able to do was help you in some way when we when it comes to sort of find a way to drive this forward because it's it's so important. No, it's it is, and you know, we we had those very very important talks with Chris Eaton Harrison. All I can He's say so is um, that we aren't we aren't finished. Uh, we're definitely not finished, and uh, we are yes. we are we're really hopeful that um, things can move in Westminster. We we spoke with Jeffrey Donaldson, Colin Eastwood, and today we were speaking to the Lance. So we're hoping that things can get moving. Um, but if I can just make a wee announcement even um tonight is that uh that uh, we found out a, a few days ago that Dahi has to go to the transplant center in, in newcastle on thursday so he's to go for a big procedure uh not the transplant but it's a it's a big procedure just to see what's going on with this wee man so we're hoping for the best and we're hoping we're back within a couple of days with no hiccups and uh we're excited to go to newcastle aren't we that's great news man <laughs> Thank you. Right. That's great news. Let's let's get this. If if this works, and I can do this. Please tell me if you can see it. Oh, there we go. Oh my! That's a lot of names. 
there is there as i said with you know if you buy 20 pound you get 40 tickets etc there's 2900 names in this you'll not be able to see them trust me they are there so if spin the wind man if dahi shouts spin the wheel spin the wheel as you can spin the wheel yeah let's here go. We go here we go what do we got go. who's gonna win who's gonna win the winner is I can't do it. Hannah McCaw. Hannah McCaw. It's going to be a good Giants fan. It's going to be a very good Giants fan. So if I close out, I don't know if I, I come back, but. <laughs> yeah, I do it. There what we are go. the odds? Like how to do the lottery this week? That's something else. <laughs> I'm back. So He's Hannah back. McCaw, congratulations. We will be in touch and. You can select any player from this this year's roster. Pick their game worn jersey. We'll get it nice and sweaty for you, smelly, and get it to you. Wonderful stuff, Marcin Dahi. Thank you for joining us. The uh, good luck with the trip to Newcastle. No doubt it'll be fabulous. Hope it all goes really well. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Nice one. Thanks, guys. Guys, See you soon. Bye, Dahi. Bye, Dahi. Bye, Bye, man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that kid. What a kid. Uh, you know what I mean? Just uh, absolutely such energy, such, such, you know, I love it. Absolutely brilliant. And congratulations to Hannah McCaw. And thank you to everybody, everybody who, who placed a donation. David, you know, you know, know, we're trying to get, sorry, sorry, I know we're trying to get through this tonight. Like, but I mean, I, just on, on behalf of everybody, like, just keep going, Seth, Marching, Dahi, just keep going. Like, the political uh, stalemate here is like pushing water uphill, and it must feel so hopeless at times but i think you boys are the same as me we're just so so proud of them uh for their resilience just just keep fighting and, and all of those thousands of people aren't just on the wheel they're behind you and and we just can't wait to see a resolution an opt-out system is a no-brainer and the political impasse is costing lives and it's ridiculous and uh here, and here. i hope we get it sorted soon here 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 and let congratulations to hannah mccall right let's crack into the game, boys. sorry let's go on. no no, no i'm just uh, saying sorry for interrupting Oh no, sorry. The uh, let's crack into the games. The Belfast Giants had two games at home, and the first one was against the league-leading Guildford Flames. This was to be a big game, and it certainly was in front of six thousand five hundred and thirty-four people at the SSE Arena. We'll come back to that because it's remarkable what's going on there with regards to crowds. With the um, the Giants took a two-one win over the Flames. Two power play goals for the Giants from Steve Ari and Henrik Eriksson hitting the back really? of the net for the Giants. Uh, Guilford Flames was Logan Fredericks. Tyler Beskarani and Nets for the Giants. 29 shots on, one goal against. Eamon McAdam on the other side. 32 shots on, two goals against. Tom Perring and David Good were your uh, were your uh, referees. Um, Davies is an interesting game. There were no, no quarters given in this game. No, this was a game where I guess the, the Guilford Flames brought their A game on this night. It was going to be... <laughs> it was a big game for both teams. Obviously, the Belfast Giants, the classic four-pointer, I guess, if you want to put it that way. I thought the Giants came out pretty well. Flames came out, you know, hot. They crushed us with that four-check that we've kind of done. And I think it was either the first or second shift, probably the first shift in the second period, and they come up with a go-ahead goal. Besco was outstanding. We've had this a lot over the last few weeks. Greenfield was really good. Besco was good. Whistle's been good. Deco's been great. You know, all these goaltenders are coming in here and playing really, really well. Um, and I guess the game then turned on on two calls where the Belfast Giants were able to score on the on the power play. Um, I'll give I'll give Joel a quick shout here. 
you go, Joel, because I've I've got a little bit clipped here later that I want to dissect a little bit more. So if you go with your bit. Yeah, not just re- really briefly. Like, I mean, that, that was a game. You couldn't have put a piece of paper between those two sides in the first period. I think the refs did quite well to let them play. Um, I know Debbie probably disagrees with the stats, but on the EIHL website anyway, the game stats had 14 shots nine shots on target for both sides. So even if there's one up or down there, there's two sides who were going full tilt and just could not separate them. Um, I think we were caught a bit cold at the start of the second period, as has happened throughout the season. Um, But the Giants really encouragingly worked the penalty box to their advantage. That second period was turned on its head through uh, good special teams, um, which is extremely encouraging. It sort of feeds into the wider narrative people are talking about right now that things are starting to click at the right time as you head down the stretch. Um, Basti's two plus two being nullified uh, and going to four on four was absolutely monstrous as well. And I think that could have been a very different story whenever the game's on knife edge like that. And the only other thing I was going to say was, well, two things. Steve Irie continues to be sensational. Uh, That that breakaway, the pass up the middle from Conway was otherworldly. Irie was unlucky not to score. And then Scott Conway (laughs) almost scored two of the most mental empty netters I've ever seen in my life, but didn't get either of them. Um, Straight off the the draw and then managing to hit the post from his own zone. Sensational. Um, But yeah, that was a a battle worthy of two teams that are in championship contention. So on on this goal, really good to see Henrik Eriksson getting his first goal for the club. And I've paused it there, Paddy, because I've, I've I've taken another another look at this that isn't shown on replay. I actually had to go down and download the game tape to get the overhead view because something that really sparked me. You know, you see here, Ben Lake works so hard to get the puck back. It's fed in to um, the Ericsson, who's head up the whole time. What you don't see from this angle, which you'll see in a little second, there are he's going for a nine chain, still gets a still gets his plus. Um, the shot, <laughs> Ericsson, Ericsson, right into the circle there. You see where Ben Lake is now. Doesn't give you. If you see this next um, angle that I've, I've, I've brought into play here, I know this is terrible for anybody listening on a podcast rather than watching the Describe video. it. I, I will in a wee second here. You see Ben Lake coming in. I've even put an arrow in, Joel. He's coming across <laughs> McAdam's eyes here. And you take Neil Russell always saying about taking the goalie's eyes. Besko talked about it. Says talks about it in commentary. Everybody talks. If you've got to get traffic in front of these goalies, if they can see it, they can save it. And at that point, Ericsson is head up coming into the circle. That sliding screen that Lake puts across McAdam, he can't see it. And the perfect release from Ericsson is just as Lake gets across his eyes. And you don't see that really from the other replay. But like Ben Lake has been outstanding for the last lot of weeks. And his work rate off the puck to go and win pucks back and cycle and, and be involved in the plays. Last week, I think we talked about the goal that he scored short side tip in. He was involved in three or four defensive plays that before we even broke it up the ice. So outstanding for Ericsson. Really good team goal. Ori's involved in it. Um, Lakers obviously involved in, in coming across there. There Again, you just see him just as he peels across. McAdam takes the eyes away from him, sets a goal up, puts his 2-1 up, puts us in a strong position. I think we could probably won that game handier. I think we outgraded them almost 2-1. to one. I think it was like 14-8 in terms of grade A chances. We came up with a lot of good chances. If we'd have, if we'd have poached another one and made it three one, I think it maybe goes a little bit like the game in Guildford, where you know it's a really really strong victory. Good win, two points. It doesn't matter how you get them. There's a third of the season left here. Still a lot of work to be done. But we talk about going through the dog days. I think they were for us pre Christmas this year. Um, we've got a third of the the elite league season left. That's what 18, 19 games, something like that, and we're right in the mix. Uh, I'm, I think that one thing I got from this as well is that you're saying we're right in the mix and to be in the mix, uh, um, you know, the, the Guilford Flames 
have led the way and they've led the way since more or less the start of the season. We are now, you know, we're now into February. They're still leading the way. And yes, we're starting to reel in that sort of lead and they didn't play on Sunday. So therefore we're able to, you know, we are two points behind, but they still have a game in hand. But Joel, that, that you know, for us to be in this position, coming into the business end, we have experience of this. Game on, hundred percent. It's and it's not just in hockey. It's it's something that you see across sports. I'm, I'm obviously going to draw the the parallel of football as well. Um, and I mean a, a team with championship experience. <clears throat> it's those on uh on intangibles. There's the word. It's those intangibles that that I think separate a very very good team from a championship team. And it's not always the X's and O's. It's not always your performance on ice. It's team mentality. It's having the guts and the metal to grind it out night by night by night by night and put two points on the board, two points on the board. Um, listen, credit to Guilford. They've done it so far. I think they've exceeded expectations. Here we are in February now, and we talked about them falling away pre-Christmas and not looking too heavily at the scoreboard pre-Christmas. They're still there, um, but it's about to get a lot more tense every single game from here on in for that top four, really. Top four teams, I think it's fair to say. You could, you could throw a blanket over at this point. Um, that's a playoff game every single night from here to the end of the season. So, Listen, I think it'd be good for the league if, if Guilford keep pushing uh, and keep bloody in noses. Obviously not ours, but um, yeah, we'll see. It's our, our next. Let, let, I think our next game back is against... Right, it's our next no, game. no, our next game back no, is against Panthers, the Panthers uh, yeah. with a man we're about to speak to in just a second. But uh, then we go on to play Guildford the next night, so it's a Tuesday and a Wednesday, back to back games away from home. Yeah, I know that I have I haven't been disparaging about them. I've been asked several times on the podcast over months, are, are they the real deal? deal? And I've said I'm not sure. Do they have the depth? They're carrying extra imports, so yes, the arguably they've got the depth. What I meant in terms of did they have the depth with I thought they had a very strong top six. Wasn't so convinced about their bottom six. But their top, top six hasn't got injured. Their top six is still carrying points. Tedesco and Tate, absolute, you know, Tate I've talked about his wheels all season long. Tedesco still coming up with points. They've got Ben O'Connor in the back end. McAdams, a very strong goaltender. They've got all the ingredients if they can stay healthy. They're hard to beat in the spectrum. They haven't been too bad on the road. You know, they're more than 500 in the road. So, you know, all the ingredients are for, there for Paul Dixon to keep it going. And, you know, 19, 20 games left in the season, and they've put themselves in the position to be shot at. So, you know, you just that's we're going to need, we, Sheffield, Cardiff, are going to need a very strong last third of the season to overhaul them. And, you know, just kudos to them for putting themselves in that spot. Here, here. We're going to ha- we're going to add um, Aaron Murphy in in a second to chat about Viaplay and also the Viaplay game, but also maybe have a chat about the Flyers game, which I know he was at. So before we get to that bit, we'll just hear from the um, the coaches following the game against the Flames. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, we spoke about actually that this week, just in terms of you know we're essentially in the playoffs now. Um, every game is going to be massive. You know, tomorrow I expect no different. You know, Fife's fighting for a playoff spot. They're playing well right now. Um, they've added some players. You know, so we expect the best out of them tomorrow, but we, we certainly expected the best out of Guilford tonight. I think we got it. I mean, they were, were very fast. They put us under a lot of pressure. Um, that being said, I thought we had our, our chances to, to really run away with that game a little bit. Um, you know, but it was a tight playoff hockey style game and um, a great, great effort for the league and uh, another tight one. I thought uh, we were ready for it and, you know, the guys competed for each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, you took the words out of my mouth. Absolutely. Um, you know, I thought it was a good, good game. Very good game. Uh, five on five. It was very close. Um, but 
you've just said it there, special teams. And we lost that. We lost that battle tonight. Obviously, Belfast two for two on the power play. That hurts. Um, and then, obviously, I think we were all for three because uh, we had a penalty in the middle of that uh, four-minute uh, power play there against us. Um, but... There it is right there. You know, obviously Belfast win 2-1. <laughs> they scored two power play goals and that's the game. So, yeah, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard to take because the overall gameplay I was happy with. I was happy with our performance. Um, and the, the penalty kill, I can't be too critical because we have been running, I think, just 85, 86%, which is very good. Um, but tonight, obviously, um, we just had a bad night and... Unfortunately, that's the game right there. Um, but again, uh, it hurts, obviously. Um, we, we come here to get two points tonight. But the bigger picture, I think that's four games against Belfast now in the series. And we're currently 3-1 up in that. So we have, to, we have to take that as a positive. I know we've got them two more times. Um, but again, you know, the bigger picture is that. Um, and, you know, obviously we don't play tomorrow and then we've got this break coming up. Whether that's a good or a bad thing, we'll see in time. Um, but then we go again. And we've, you know, we're, I think we're a third uh, of the season still to go. Lots of hockey. Everybody's playing everybody. And you've seen now from the results of late that everybody's capable of beating everybody. But we just have to about worry about ourselves. Sorry. We have to worry about ourselves. And, um, you know, I said all along, don't get too ahead of ourselves and just worry about the next game. And unfortunately for us, the next game is Belfast. game are available from our good friends at Belfast Giants TV and we move on but before we get to that Flyers game I mentioned them just a few moments ago we're delighted to welcome back ahead of next Tuesday's game live on Viaplay against the Nottingham Panthers over in Nottingham please welcome back to a view from the bridge our very good friend Mr Aaron Murphy how are you doing mate? Hey buddy how are we doing boys? Good to see you. Doing, doing really, really well. How are you? So obviously, you know, the, the Vibe Play stuff the last few weeks been doing really well. International break now and then back to it after that. Yeah, back to it. Uh, spending Valentine's Day with you guys, I guess, and uh, Corey Nielsen and the boys uh, in Nottingham. Mm -hmm. So it should be, should be a good game. Always fun to go to Nottingham because, uh, I mean, certainly since the coaching change, there's been sort of ups and downs with Nottingham. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, they had two guys leave as well. They, they seem to have... Uh, had quite a a season uh, of turmoil, so it'll be interesting. But we all know that Corey can um, turn that team around. It's probably not a team that you know he would have picked himself at this stage, but he's got to work with what he's got. And I think Adam Keefe would probably agree that they're they're kind of a, a wounded animal right now. It's not it's not easy to go into a you know a wounded animal's den. So that that'll be a tough game after the break. Murph, what's your assessment been in the league so far? Yeah, as as working for the title sponsor because you must be pretty pleased with how tight it is at the top yeah it's it's unbelievable isn't it? i mean uh I, I heard you guys just say there i mean the top four you could throw a blanket over the top four i mean after you guys beat fife i mean you're two point you're knocking on the door and i mean i think it, it's pretty incredible because anyone could beat anyone and, and probably you guys you'd be in first if you had beaten manchester that weekend right and, but like manchester comes into your barn and beats you twice I don't think anyone would have really predicted that. What maybe maybe Manchester would have been happy with one win, but to go in and get two. So, I'm really I think the league is as exciting as it's been in, in many years. I mean, because I mean, obviously COVID interrupted some of the momentum of certain teams. I mean, Guildford last year got off to a really good start, but they hit that bad patch around Christmas time and went down the the standings. But this year they've had that start, but they've not had that 
bad patch. They've been the most consistent team. So um, that win for you guys on the weekend over Guilford was huge because they just seem to be able to find three, four-point weekends pretty well uh, week after week. So it's been pretty consistent as far as what you'd expect from some of the top teams. But to see Guilford running, and I think you said uh, bloody and noses there, it's, it's been fun to watch them. In terms of, of Guilford, we have talked about them. And I don't know if you heard our little discussion where the, the guys have asked me repeatedly, are they the real deal? And my assessment was that they've got good goaltending and a good top six. My question mark was over their bottom six versus other teams' bottom sixes, teams like Sheffield, perhaps even not in not to the same extent, Cardiff ourselves, they can maybe on nights run four lines where the depth of the fourth line is as good as anything in the league. Um, do you believe they've got the depth to, to go the whole way? Well, you said it there. They've got to stay. Is healthy. it a fair? Is it a fair? Qu- is it a fair question? It's, it's a totally a fair question. I think Paul Dixon would answer it, and he'd probably say very much along the same lines that like health is everything in this league. Last year, I think when they had that bad patch around Christmas time, I think they lost eight or nine games in a row. Um, that was a lot of injury issues and the lack of being able to to roll four lines. But I think the other real deal, we've done them a, a few times on TV, and I watched them, the way they play, the speed at which they play. They play fast. And I think, the look, the game has changed, right? We don't have the, the rock'em, sock'em games that we would have had 10 years ago when we all first met. Um, so they've stayed healthy. Well, can you stay healthy the whole season? Well, look, it doesn't matter if it's the Stanley Cup, the SHL, or even the Olympic tournament. Usually the team that stays healthy uh, at those key moments uh, wins the wins the title, whether it's a cup or a playoffs or whatever. So, look, right now, I, I believe in them. I've said it for years. I like the way Paul Dixon lets offensive players be offensive players. Uh, he lets defensive guys be – like, you look at Ben O'Connor, right? Ben O'Connor, I remember distinctly when he was in Sheffield, Paul Thompson trying to work with him. And right, wrong, or indifferent, Paul Thompson trying to get him to, to be a little bit more defensive-minded. But Paul Dixon knows why he signed Ben O'Connor, right? Different coaching philosophy. He wants Ben O'Connor to be an offensive defenseman. Now, some nights that's going to pay off, and some nights there might be a pass up the middle, and you're going, that's not what we wanted. But the other nine times that that works, you look like a genius for letting him be who he is. So I think Paul Dixon deserves a lot of credit. He had it with Reddick and Dunbar and those guys. He didn't try and make them into something they weren't. He didn't try and play a defensive trapping system with those guys. He said, this is who I've recruited and we're going to play free-flowing hockey. So, uh, look, I think if they keep playing the way they are with the consistency that they are, as long as they stay healthy, they're, <laughs> they're certainly the real deal at this point. Uh, Murph, I just want to flip it a little bit. Uh, you have somebody on your team now that we still wish we had on ours, but uh, time waits for no man. The great Colin Shields uh, beside you there in, in the broadcast booth this season. I've been lucky enough to catch a couple of games, and um, I, I think you and Paul Eddy are a great tandem, but I think you and Sheds work really well. Dynamics a little bit different. Um, Sheds is a, maybe a, a little bit more of a glint in his eye, a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. Uh, what, what's your experience so far of working with the greatest British hockey player of all time? Yeah, Shields is great. And see, it's great. We're very lucky. Paul Paul Eighty sees it through the eye of a coach and a tactical yeah. breakdown of a game. Shields sees it from a guy who hasn't been out of the game for that long as far as playing at an elite level. So I think he still sees it from a goal scorer's perspective. And then you you bring in Angela Taylor. Angela Taylor sees it from a totally course, different yeah. perspective because she's a coach, but she's not. She still plays uh, still plays hockey as well. So we've been quite lucky. I mean, Shieldsy, you're right. He does have that glint in his eye, and we we had some fun and fight with the hand warmers, and I, I threw him uh, 
threw him a few curveballs, but like he's so good. I mean, Shields and I did a game together years ago, one of the first friendship fours. And he was either injured or maybe the Giants weren't on the road. And he did a game with me, uh, <laughs> on one of the first friendship fours. And I remember thinking, like, this guy is really good. He's a natural. And so we've seen that this year. Uh, we have a lot of fun because he does. He has a bit of a yeah tongue-in-cheek, like you said. And he uh, once in a while, he'll throw out a quote there. And I know it's coming from, like, Dumb and Dumber or one of those sort of things. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, trying not to laugh because it's, it's like a five-on-three power play. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's just funny because we were in Fife back-to-back weeks, and they love him there. I mean, they don't love that he scored a lot of goals against the Flyers, but they love him there from his youth days. Um, So it's been a lot of fun, and and actually at the Flyers game uh, in your barn, obviously a 9-4 win for the Giants, 3-3 for the Flyers, but I turned to... Colin and I watched the game uh, as fans just just had a beer and uh, I said you better be careful turn that phone off you might get a call to to lace them up for the for the Flyers because I think it was two nothing <laughs> within two and a half minutes we both looked at each other and went three and three um, but yeah he said no, <laughs> no way I don't I don't think he I don't even think he's played a game of recce hockey he's probably played a few testimonials or something but yeah he he's made the transition to life after hockey and he seems to be enjoying it. Too, too much time in the golf course, man. Have you got five minutes? We look at this five game. Are you joyous? Just give us, give us your take. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Favorite? Roll, yeah. So the Belfast Giants, obviously, uh, on the five flyers on Sunday night. And it was a bit of a shellacking for the visiting flyers team. A 9-4, as Murph just mentioned. The goals to the Giants come from Ari Cooper, Bast, Goodwin, Roach, Baum, Bast again, Erickson, and Scott Conway rounded out those nine goals. And the other side... The man with the best beard in the Elite League, I have to say. Zach Phillips with the first one for the Flyers. Barry McKenzie, former Belfast Giant, with the second. Zach Phillips again and Liam McDougall with a power play goal were the four for the five Flyers. With regards to in net, Jackson Whistle, 17 shots against, two goals against in 45 minutes. And a man, I know he's waiting in the wings there, Mr. Andrew Dixon, four shots on, two goals against in the 15 minutes. He was between the pipes. Shane Owen, the other side, 41 shots on, nine goals against Tom Perring and David Good were your uh, were your referees. And and Joel, I'll start with you. You know, the fir- it was a first period pasting, uh, and a team obviously, as Murph said, playing three in three days. Yeah, look, Fife just looked gassed for me like that that game. Uh, the, the ice was tilted away from them about five minutes in, uh, and we've seen it a couple, not not as much as we used to see it, but we've seen it a couple times this season where a big first period sort of defines the game and, and the rest of it sort of levels off. Um, I think they're, the Giants have moved in a little bit guilty of stopping playing after those kind of four or five goal firsts a couple times, and, and there was a little bit of a sign of that in the second. Um, but uh, any time that there were questions asked of them by the Flyers, and let's be fair, like Zach Phillips is a, is a is a great forward um he scored a lot of goals this season um and i think that goal probably come on and defend himself here but the one of zach phillips's goals he was left all alone in front of andrew dixon there's very few tendies that are going to take care of that um but yeah look any questions that were asked of us after a dominant first period were answered and, and we got out of that one nice and clean um uh, you know if i'm if i'm uh, I don't know if Todd Dudian was behind the bench, back behind the he bench was. on, on he Sunday. Was. Yeah. He was, but he was. Um, I wonder after a five goal first in your three games uh, in a week, do you, do you pull Shane on? You know, do you, do you maybe let a, a backup get a few minutes there? I don't know. Um, I, it's probably something I would have liked to have seen if I'm a Flyers fan. But um, yeah, look at um, not not the not the prettiest of games, those kind of high scoring junky ones. Um, but it's it's nice to see Deco get in, get the ovation that he richly deserves, and it's nice to get out of it without kind of any danger. 
Murph, I'll come to you. You know, obviously, that as as Joel says, five goals in that first period, and you're in a position where Fife came out and, and played pretty well, scored two goals straight off in that in that second in that second period, trying to get into what was pretty much an impossible situation away from home. Yeah, it was impossible. Probably the fairy legs in that first period. Probably the the you know the remnants of a tough night in Glasgow after a a, a good night on Friday in their own barn. So three and three in three different cities. Uh, elite league travel being what it is, it's not like a private jet for an NHL team. So those guys were gassed. Um, I I actually said to Shields, yeah, I go, it's like watching Ireland come out against Wales. I mean, the the, the game yeah. was over on Saturday in the Six Nations at the half. And that's actually harder for the team, whether it's Ireland or Belfast. You're up five nothing or whatever after the first period. The game is over. Mm-hmm. So do you do you keep going? Well, you'd you'd like to think that you'd play the game the right way and you wouldn't fall into bad habits, but it's really hard to to play it play it like that in, in this league after you know a tough game on Saturday against Guildford. You're 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 playing a certain way and you don't want to get into those bad habits, but we were watching the game. I mean, yeah, Zach Phillips. I mean, he's a former first first round pick at Minnesota, twenty eighth overall, I think. So, a couple of goals by him. But Shane Owen. I mean, I don't think Andrew Little's played a minute this year. So Shane Owen. It's a good point by you. Shane Owen's got to be gassed. He's he's an excellent goalkeeper, and we saw him in the Challenge Cup semifinal a few weeks ago, make like forty odd saves against Sheffield. Mm-hmm. So. We know what he is, right? He played with you guys. He's he's an elite goalie, but like some of those chances, I mean, the goal, first goal, 30 seconds in, you're kind of going, oh boy, this could be 10, you know? Um, I felt for them because that's that's a lot of traveling three days. I mean, they've got Liam McDougall only flew in like three days ago, and I think he had like yeah. no sleep practice, played Friday night, played again in Glasgow, had a goal and assist last night. But there's guys on that team that are, they'd be pretty tired with two and two, let alone three and three. So, but look, the Giants did what they had to do, and it was nice to see Dicko get in. And I, I said to Shieldsy, like, I, I wish I could go down and have a word with Dicko and remind, remind him of the old Irish ice hockey league, <laughs> and how how I used to I used to love standing in front of Dicko. But I thought Dicko played well as well when he came in there. Um, but you know, whatever it is, I mean, you just said it. Like, there's nothing Shane Owen can do on a few of those goals, and he looked tired that third period. I mean, at times everyone looked gassed and. You have to feel for them, but that's that's the elite, right? So everyone has one of those periods where it's you know a couple of tough travel days, and there's no excuses because everyone has to do it. Especially the Giants, right? You guys have to travel more than anyone. So um, yeah, I felt for them because they played really well Friday night, and they played well uh, a couple of weeks ago on via play as well in that Challenge Cup semifinal. So it's been a bit of a tale of two seasons for them. I think Davey as well from this game. When I'm just looking statistically, is I know you like to do, but I see so many defensemen um, on the score sheet or on assists. You look at the way the Bast played, Rook played. You've got Foley there as well, getting on, getting on the score sheet with regards <clears> to the assists. You know, we, we bringing it in as the offensive defensemen were doing great jobs. I think I talked last week about Gabe Bast and you know second and second in the team and and they might the shots on goal. You know we come with that high the the, the first three in and leaving the points almost vacant for the two D men coming in for the shot and so many shots across so one for rebounds and we talk about crossing that Royal Road all the time that you get that get Owen moving right it was difficult for Owen Todd Duty in, in interviews over the last sort of three four weeks where they have won games and then gone on to lose games has talked about the team not being mentally ready just or physically ready even perhaps and that was a game where they came out and he talks about it in the post game interviews as well where 
he thought that team was ready to go, okay, the three and three nights, but you don't want to go out and concede in the first shift. And and all of a sudden, five minutes into the game, you're three nil down. And it's, you know, it's it's difficult. It tells you, and this isn't being disparaging about little, it tells you where he is as a goaltender, where the club thinks he is, that they can't even risk putting him in there because what benefit is it of putting him in at five nil down to what's a rampant Belfast Giants team? Whose players are already smelling a wee bit of blood in the water and going point hunting, as as I think Todd Dudium called it for his own team. Whenever, you know, the game went further, the Belfast Giants maybe just took their foot off the gas in a second. And I think Georgia Wada talks about it. Human nature, you know, you come out five nil up, you you overplay things, you you don't keep simplify, you get away from the process, and unfortunately they get a couple of goals back, and and then it sort of kicks us back into life again, and we'll come up with a couple of goals. For for me, I think Gabe Bass at two plus two, he was plus four, plus five, something like that on the night. But Scott Conway was so influential in the whole game that he went to the 59 minutes, 50 seconds that he got his goal. And, and I think it's Sherman and turns around to him and like, why did you, how did that go in? And why did you have to do that? You know, the game's over. Why yeah. are you still driving it? Because he's Scott Conway and he's desperate to get points. I think it was 84, 83, 84 points or something through the season. He wants to score. It doesn't matter if it's a 59th minute again and an 8-4 win against Fife. He's still driving in there looking points. And that's, that's great for the Belfast Giants. But there's been a lot of points in the back end. Sam Rupp, I think, had assists on the first three goals. So Gabe Bast and Sam Rupp, as, as a little partnership, is developing really nicely. Um, Cully's in there with um, Roach and, and Baum, obviously, coming up with a goal along with Foley on uh, on Sunday night. Oh, it was actually this game. They talked about him. He hadn't scored. I think I sent the stat through. It says 396 days since his last goal. Mark Garside was on commentary talking about his old, his old defensive <laughs> partner. You can't write this kind of stuff. That's this kind of stuff that, that Murph would love. You know, he's, he's talking to Mark Garside about uh, Jeff Baum. Jeff Baum steps in off the point. We saw his pass and he just one times it in for, for his first goal of the season. So all of these stories are getting written all the time when you're commentating on hockey. And yeah, look, the Giants went on and won comfortably enough. You feel you feel sorry at times for like a CNO and having to take all that work. But you know, the, the, the five as well, three D-men there played almost half an hour, 27, 28 minutes each. So three and three and you're playing half an hour, you're going to be just desperate to get off the ice at the end there. And, you know, they. I've seen a little bit on Twitter about them playing these exhibition games during the break and what would be better for them? Would a bit of rest be better for them? It's hard to know, Todd Dudium, Cash and all these things that you have to consider when you're running one of the lower end teams have to be taken into consideration. But on the night, it was over as a contest pretty early and that'll be disappointing for the five fans that made the trip. Just uh, finally, Murph, on this game from yourself as well, is that you know, you were there yesterday and 6,000, over 6,000 people in the barn on a Sunday afternoon is is great for the Belfast Giants. It's great for the Elite League. The, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And I had some friends up who had never never been to a hockey game before and they're like, this is unbelievable. How, how did we not know about this? I'm like, look, this is one of the best nights out and, and we had a great time. And I mean, there's so much around the area as well. There's good restaurants, there's good bars. So, I mean, the atmosphere was unbelievable. And, you know, five five goals in the first period, the barn was rocking, as they say. All, all you needed was, uh, was some old school hockey and a, and a tilted center ice. And I think everyone would have been like, you know, you could have ticked all the boxes, but it was unbelievable. And like, I'm looking forward to the Challenge Cup. I was thinking about it the other day. The Challenge Cup final last year was so electric. I mean, it went to overtime and obviously Laker with the goal and Cooper with the net drive and all that. I'm thinking, you know, doesn't really matter if it's five for Sheffield, but like that night is going to be special as well. And a lot, you know what? A lot of people giving out. I, I just, a lot of people, a lot of negativity on social media about, oh, Wednesday night and this and that. And we won't find out like, 
let's just enjoy our hockey. Two years ago, we, you know, we had no hockey and then we had this elite series behind closed doors and like, let's just enjoy our hockey. So I don't care that it's a Wednesday. I know it'll be 6,000 uh, on March 1st. It'll be on Viaplay and it's going to be a great spectacle. And last, Sunday was unbelievable. I mean, Fife, like you said, uh, coming there tired, but people were still cheering right up until 59, 59. You know, it was, it was a great, great, great advert for hockey. And like I said, I had friends in the building, never been to a hockey game before, not from a hockey background, and they're going to go back. So that, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And you say, obviously, you've got this game next week, next Tuesday against the Nottingham Panthers live on Viaplay. And if, I say quietly, but a, but a regulation win for the Belfast Giants would mean that they would be going into the spectrum the next night, top of the league. Yeah, you're two points adrift. I mean, that's that's actually a big game because that could be a trap game as well. You're coming off an international break. Some of the guys will be a part of that international break with Team GB. Some of those guys like Ruop will be doing it for the first time. So, and then you you got to refocus against. Like I said, you're going into uh, you're going into the Lions. Then they're literally because the Panthers need points, right? And they're they've had some turmoil with guys leaving and going elsewhere and whatnot. So you're playing a wounded animal who has going to have, I'm sure Corey will have them practicing all week. They're going to be working on stuff. He's going to try to have a game plan to, to make sure that the Giants don't go into the spectrum with a win. So that that's that could be a trap game, and you, you really need to be ready for that game. I'm sure Adam Keefe and George Iwata and Stewie know that. Dave, you want to stay on for a minute? Do I want to stay on for a minute? Yeah, with Murph. Did you want to read that again? Who sent the message? Oh, oh, it was Deco. Sorry, it was Deco. Sorry, I thought it was Davey. There's a message here, and I thought it was for him. Okay, well, then, so if you're if you're if you're willing to stay just for a second, we've got somebody who wants to speak to you, Deco. Welcome oh, back man. to you from the bridge. Yeah, boy. Hey, sideways, mate. Hey, Murph. How are you? Good, buddy. You played well. It's good to see you get in there. Well, if your analysis is I played well, maybe Shed's just going to take your job. So, <laughs> we're old buddies. I'm not going to come on here and say what was going on there. Did you, when you got the tap, though, there was still like 14 minutes. Like, were you going like, okay? Were you like, no, were you, were you he, he, he told me, he told me 10 minutes and then, and then we scored. And he's like, I just go, just go now, you know? So. Yeah, um, I've done a plenty though, so it's it's not. I, I kind of know you. You know yourself. You know when it's coming. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought I I thought you were just talking about Andrew Little. I thought they were whenever I went in, I thought they would probably put him in the other end. You know what I mean? You know, a lot a lot of times, you know, coaches will do that. You know, if their one yeah. guy puts their back up in the games or give him a run. You know. Um, but yeah, um, have you got an Irish passport, Murph? I do, buddy. You want to play this year? Yeah, sure. We're going to Bratis when Bratislava. Are when are we meeting? <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to Bratislava in May. You might be busy actually. The World Championships are probably on. Well, so yeah, you give that give up to go back on the ice, Murph, wouldn't you? Yeah, we're going. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going. We're going for gold this year. So. Oh man, yeah, you you won a medal last year, right? <laughs> yeah, but we should we should have done better last year. We um we we tied with one of the one of the teams that we shouldn't have tied with which which really cost us but we've got we've got more guys coming in from belfast this year we've got you know some of the guys who played snl which is yeah. uh, which is probably probably going to help um just a, li oh, a little bit more hockey experience so yeah if, if you're if you're about we'll we'll take you if you need a guy to win face-offs block a shot and maybe punch someone in the mouth i'm your guy <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> well, well we'll hold you to that I don't know if there's any goals. I don't know if there's any goals left in these hands, but there's probably a few, uh, <laughs> few face washes and stinky palms. So we can we can rub we can rub the feathers, rub, rub rankle some feathers for you if you want. 
Yeah, again, again the face of the Andorians. So. <laughs> here, Aaron Murphy being recruited for Team Ireland in the forthcoming. It was a is a development. Uh, as you can it? see, as you can see the grey here, it's not. It doesn't say a lot that I'm being asked to. Dicko <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, waits until there's like fifteen hundred people watching to drop that question. Send me the dates. I'll see if I can find my skates. I might have to get Taft to put some new blades on them or something. Yeah, I will do. I will. I will. Yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Murph, give us a, give us the details for next Tuesday then. Yeah, we're on air 7 p.m. Your old buddy Paul Adie will be with me in, uh, what is it called now? Is it Motor Point Arena? Is that what it's yeah. called now? Yeah, Motor Point Arena. So we're, we're in Nottingham. Great place to go. And as you know, Chris Ellis uh, and the people behind the scenes take real good care of us when we go there. So we're on air at 7 p.m. I think face-off is 7.30 uh, and then the following week, we're in Cardiff for Cardiff Glasgow. Cue the social media. Oh, another Cardiff game. Um, <laughs> well, Cardiff like having us, so you know you go where you where you want it. Um, there's also then, of course, we'll be in your barn. You guys love having us as well. March first, and you'll be waiting the uh, the opponent, whether it's Sheffield or, or Fife, and just one goal uh, on aggregate that could be interesting in Sheffield as well. So yeah, we're we've, we're busy busy the next few weeks, other than the international break as well, and. The, what else was I going to tell you? Oh, February 18th, Champions Hockey League final is live on Viaplay Extra, which is the free, the free to air arm. So yes. the the Champions Hockey League is live Saturday, February 18th. I think it's like a 3:30 p.m. faceoff. So lots of hockey coming up. Check Viaplay, uh, Viaplay.com, and uh, follow along on Twitter at Viaplay Sports UK. I'm trying to remember all these things now that we've changed <laughs> everything. That's all changed. Ten years of saying the same thing over and over again. You know. <laughs> Murph, listen, we really, really appreciate having you on and uh, and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, in Belfast on the 1st of March. Yeah. Dicko, uh, if I'm going, though, I need to wear number 11. That's the lucky, that's the only lucky number. Okay, so I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll speak to the coach. <laughs> Cheers, Thanks, guys. Murph. Yeah. Cheers, see you later, mate. All right, Dicko, what's happening? Mr. Dixon, how are you doing? Oh, not bad, lads. How are you? Yeah, doing really, really well. Gives your assessment of the five game. Um... Yeah, I mean, I was listening in uh, before you brought me on, and I think he's covered it pretty well. Um, I think we really took the life out of them, what, two minutes in? What, what it was like 3-0 pretty quick. I mean, some nights, you know, teams, you know, that can happen, and teams just think, it's not our night, you know. Um, we just got off the boat, 3-3. Three and three. You've got excuses. Captain's missing. Top four D-men missing. Top, one of the top four D-men missing. It's easy and, and you know, fair play to Fife, you know, they had they had you know, a tough weekend, never easy playing three and three. Um it just didn't go their way. And you talked about how, you know, Sheen Owen is the sort of the bedrock of that team. He really is. They they sort of live and die on him. He either he either makes fifty saves and, and they win the game or, you know, he gets hit for fifty saves and, and he plays well, but you know, he just can't do enough. Um I'll always think very highly of Sheen Owen. Um you've seen how good he can play. Um I think it just wasn't his night. You know, it it happens. It happens in hockey, especially for Shino. And as you said, he plays every single game. So you'll have a, you'll have those nights where it's just not happening for you. Dicko, I spoke to you earlier on, and you said that you were happy enough to talk about your little expedition in this last night. So we're going to bring bring a little bit of a little bit of video in first. Sure. Oh. And the Giants fans showing their appreciation. Well, table of pads there with Jackson Whistle. And even the players, it just goes to show how 
Highly thought of Deco with the players think of him as well. That is yeah, that is very special, you know, you know, just the crowd noise. Um, it does mean a lot, and there's it's stuff that I'll remember for a long time. Um, but at at that time, that's not really what I'm thinking about. I'm, I'm thinking about trying to get ready, you know, because you never know what happened. They could win this face off and come and come down two on zero. For all I know, you know, so I'm trying to get ready for. For the game, and you know, I've been sitting now for, at this point for probably I don't know a couple of hours anyway, and probably for about an hour and a half of that, I've known that I'm probably going to get in the net at some point. Um, so at this point, I'm just happy that I'm in there. Um, initially, Kiefer had told me sort of ten minutes to go, we're going to throw you in. Actually, it was George Wally told me, but it comes from Kiefer. Um, and then there were, I think Basti scored, and they were like, "Just go now, just go now." So yeah, as I said, very special. It's, it is, it is very appreciated, and. Uh, it's nice to hear those cheers. Let's take a look at the first goal. If it wasn't yeah. for him, you, you know, can see uh, the, the, the volume will die here and we can yeah, just talk about the goal. It it's actually really unfortunate from Basti. Whenever, well, well, obviously, the, the game will progress here. We we have good possession in the offensive zone and we'll lose it and they break away. Gabe Bass goes to play the puck. Sam Roop goes round behind your net to take the pass from Bass. And Bass stick, if you look really closely... The stick actually just gets caught in the door board and the puck doesn't go up the wall. If you see here, he goes to play it backwards up the wall and the stick just gets caught to the puck. And obviously then Sam has left the net sort of open in front from your own perspective there. Focus through that goal. Okay, so yeah, it's, obviously Basti's going back into the, the corner to retrieve the puck. Um, at that time, I think he actually tried to turn up and what Ruppers do, and people are, are maybe thinking, oh, the you can see it there. He actually tries to go back up the wall now that I watch yeah. it. So Rupper, Rupper was coming to be an option on the other side to give him... Uh, and then, yeah, there's there's the guy Basti was trying to get it down the wall to stepping into the play. Is that Gilbert? Um, so that was that was originally going to be a wall play to Gilbert with, with Rupper giving him an option on the other side. Obviously, it hasn't happened. The five players stole the puck, um, bumped it out in front. Um, but on my own, just looking at it myself, there's only one piece of danger on that whole ice who's going to score and it's the guy in front of the net so really once this pass comes to him here it gets it's lucky it gets under two sticks i should be challenging more here step out a little bit more i mean there's nobody there's no there's look you can see i'm in i'm in the i'm in the blue paint too deep puck hits me but hits me and goes in so no use need to be a little further out as i said that number seven is the only bit of danger on the ice so you know, it's easy now to, to look. I could be stepping out and challenging that guy. There's no one else in the picture, literally no one else in the picture who can score a goal. We've got coverage on the wall. So once that puck leaves this five-player stick, there's only one place it's going. It's to number seven. So I really need to like step out a little bit more powerful, take away the angle. Because he doesn't actually have... That's not even a great shot, to be honest. You can see the sticks in front of him. He, it's he's not like he's taking his time with it um, and, and stepped in. <laughs> So yeah, I definitely think you know I could I could challenge on that. You would maybe see another goalie step out. Um, Besco could maybe play it as deep as that because he's a lot taller than me. Um, he's got bigger legs, but yeah, um, you just have to as a goaltender recognize that that is the danger on the ice. There's, look at that picture. There's nobody else in the frame. That's the only person you can score. It doesn't matter if he's alone in front of the net. Goaltender's there to make the save. And in this case, I didn't do it. So um, yeah, I got a piece of it, but uh, it definitely hurt because. You know, I knew I knew that that was the only the only guy on the ice who was any danger. So I should have should have read that better. Um, maybe a little bit sloppy, not playing in games uh, quite in a while. Um, but yeah, I'd like to have made that save. Let's let's roll on then to the the second goal. 
See, to be fair, while you're doing that, co- coming off the bench cold in front of six and a half thousand people after like sitting on it for an hour and a half or whatever, it's very like that's that was fascinating analysis, by the way. I, I didn't piece all of that together in my own head, but you're describing something that uh, that elapsed in about three seconds there, you know, it's uh, it's a lot, lot easier said than done. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna sit here and defend Deco. I don't like this. <laughs> it, it was, it was at his own request. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, have no problem. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to be done about it now. Now, in this one here, this is, this is where right off the hop is where the danger is. So, if you pause it at the face off, if you go back to when they're lined up, the way Fife have lined up. Okay, so uh, this guy right behind the centerman. The only reason he's there and he's, he's not. So you've got your two wingers matching up and you're, uh, you've got your centerman. Obviously, he's going to hold. Now, they win this draw very clean. The way the uh, centerman stick is, that puck's only going to this side. Now, he does a fantastic job, the centerman, of winning it back. Now, at this point here, there's a little pick on Rupper. So Rupper's not able to get out. Um, and Hookie, Hookie maybe should have stepped out into this. But I, I literally can't see this puck. You you can see it now. Um there's like it's not a great angle, but I can't see the puck at all. I don't even know when that puck got shot. To be honest, all I heard was the uh, the ting over my shoulder. Um, so yeah, there's there's Hookie stays, and you know what, Hookie, Hookie's trying to block the shot because he wants to help me out, and that's the goddamn shrift. And you can see how low I am because I'm trying to find that puck. And there, that puck's already by me before my glove goes up. Didn't see it. There's me looking behind me because all I heard was the the crossbar. Um, Good shot, very good shot. Kiefer told me that when there's going in on any goalie. Um, I just, I just couldn't get eyes on. At this point, I think Lakers there, and I said, um, actually, I can't repeat what I said, but I said something along the lines of, "I didn't get a something." Look at that, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, you'll see it. He wins this draw very cleanly, straight back. Robert gets picked, and he has, he has quite a lot. He's enough time to corral this puck and shoot it around the screen, and there it is, crossbar. There, yeah, and that's. Telltale sign. I didn't see it. Looking behind me for the puck. The um, quite quite far at my net, trying to take the angle. He made a very good shot. A lot of times those will go over the bar, but not in this occasion, of course. Um, as I said, good face-off play for Fife. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Hooky was definitely trying to block that shot for me. That's what he was doing. Um, but I, I would nearly have preferred if he skated out and just gave me a look at it. But it happens, and I appreciate what he was trying to do. And um. Again, I just I just couldn't get eyes on it. Um, so maybe I'm less annoyed about that goal because it was a good shot, face-off play. I knew that guy was going to shoot it. And as soon as the, I seen him win the draw, I knew that guy had the puck. I just could not get eyes on it for loving her money. Um, but yeah, um, again, that's a tough one. That's a pretty legit goal. Um, the first one I'm more annoyed with than that goal. Um but yeah, there was a few plays in there. I wasn't. There was at one point someone tried to pass out and I blocked the pass, and I made one save and maybe made another or whatever. So yeah, I mean, uh, I was very disappointed. It's not nice to go in and uh, give up two goals. You know, didn't play very long, not that many shots. But um, but unfortunately, it happens. I think you're very self-deprecating there, Deco. I think you. Yeah. you... I think you know, understandably, you're you're the, you're the man between the pipes, and, and and you want to do the best for your team. But I think that you've said yourself, especially in that second goal, you that would have went past Besco, that would have went past West. <clears throat> you know, unfortunately for you, you were the man between the pipes, and it went past you. So let's sh- strike that one off because that's not something I don't think. You know, that's from a team perspective, the shot should you know maybe should be blocked 
we should, maybe should get a, get a stick on it. The first goal, you've, an, you've analyzed it yourself perfectly there, uh, and you know the mistakes that you feel you've made. But but as as Joel said, you've come into the game cold, fifteen minutes of the game. You you know, did you know you were going to come in? Was, was the word put to you maybe in the in the second period break that this was a possibility? No, it wasn't. Um... Uh, because actually we kind of we kind of had a bad second period. You know, yeah, we we, we lost the second period, didn't we? Did we lose it two on or two, two on? Yeah. Um, and we were a little bit slack in that time. Um, and you never know. You know, if they if they you know had someone done something silly by accident, took a two plus two, you know, and and put a power play on, and you know it's very easy you can get two goals right there. And next thing you know, you're 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 back in a hockey game that you shouldn't really be in. Because obviously it was five 0 after the first. And it could have been more. Laker had a breakaway, and and Longer had a breakaway. So there was there was lots going on, and there was ones that were nearly going in. So it was a long night for Fife. Um, but um, after the first period, I, I kind of you know what? All week I had a, a suspicion. I knew that they had injuries, and then I knew that it was a three and three, and then it was kind of written. I haven't dressed in months and months, so it just sometimes that just happens. Um, and I actually had a, I had a great week in practice. So I, did. I, was, I was lights out in practice. I felt fantastic. I mean, Besco and, and Hookie and Whisper, like, that's the best we've seen you play. And I did. I felt great. And, you know, I've done everything right. I slept at all. So it's just I slept and ate and done everything I should do. It's just just it's just a little bit of rustiness. Um, but, you know, if there's ever a game to let in two goals, it's that one. You know, it didn't hurt the team. Um, just hurts the pride. But but from a point of view of, the, of the, you've said it already for the reaction of the fans and how much you are loved by the by the Giants faithful, but just also by your teammates and the amount of you know the, the backing that you got there, it, it must give you great heart. Yeah, I mean, I think they they recognise that um, you know I've been around for a while and, and and I don't know I like to think I try hard and practice and do the right things and. You know that's recognised, and and it, was, it hasn't really ever been anyone in Belfast that I've not got on with, um, teammate wise. And you know it was nice. I got after the game, even though maybe you know some guys within hockey, Johnny Boxhill, Peyton Jones, Mace, they all messaged me saying it was great to see me in the net, and a few other guys. And you know th- that that means a lot to me. You know, um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's one thing to be you know liked, and it's another thing to be you know liked and competent. And I'd like to be both. So. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't be put out there if you weren't. They wouldn't. No, I I, I know that, and you know what? Don't don't get me wrong. I know I can play, and I know I've yeah. done it before, and I could do it again. You know, it's uh, sometimes you know you just haven't played. I haven't played much. You know, we had COVID, and then last season I only played like what, a little bit at the end in a Sheffield game, um, and then you know tonight. So it's it's been a while. Obviously, I played with Ireland, but you know you're dropping down five levels if you're being honest. Um, so it, it doesn't really translate, but um, yeah, no, no, definitely. Don't don't get me wrong. If if I just thought I couldn't do it, I wouldn't play anymore. Um, uh, I wouldn't just do it, you know, for the sake of it. Take us into the room, mate. But obviously, uh, that game there put us two points behind the Guildford Flames. We have a game before we play the Flames. They don't. The, we have been slowly, surely, sort of clawing back that deficit to the Flames in the, in what is, as Murph said earlier, you know, we can throw a blanket over the four teams who are challenging for this for this um, for this league title, our league title that, that that we currently hold. You know, what's the atmosphere like in the room? Is it is it one of determination? Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's all hands to the pump, um, chiseling away at that that lead that. Uh, I can't remember when it was. It was probably in November, you know, when it was all doom and gloom and, you know, people thought they were getting fired and there was, you know, things going on outside of hockey that were, you know, upsetting the team. And 
And to be honest with you, at that point, you know, you didn't know what was going on with who was going to stay and who was going to go. And, and, and you know, we've made changes. And, you know, we went on that run around Christmas time when we played the Scottish teams. And I think we've been pretty good since then. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of confidence and got some guys back from injury. Brought in a few new faces. Um, and yeah, we, we we talked about it. I think it was in November. We were, we were 11 points back at least. And, and Kiefer came in the room and he went through our remaining games went through Cardiff's remaining games went through Guildford's remaining games and he you know he sort of said you know look we're pretty much at home now more than we've been we've been on the road loads and we've got an opportunity to clear like you know claim some points back and uh and he's right and uh that's basically where we're at and he, he mentioned he alluded to the fact that uh, last year I believe it was we were at the same stage of the year we were pretty much the same points behind Cardiff and we managed, or sorry, Sheffield, or was it the year? Whatever year it was, we came back and we won it, and he used that example. Um, so, yeah, we, he was just putting out there that it, that it wasn't over, even though maybe, you know, some people thought it might have been. And, you know, it's we're still we're still in the hunt for every trophy, so that's that's good news, and it's certainly not going to be easy, and I don't think anyone thinks it's going to be easy. Um, you know, that league battle, we've got a lot of big games coming, but <clears throat> so do the rest of the team, so it's, it's really going to be a bit of a war of attrition, and if we can stay healthy... I think we've got the group who can do it. Dicko, can we talk about the goaltending? Um, obviously, Besco's came back in yourself and Wiss making the threesome up now that, that Peyton made, made the decision to move on to Nottingham. Obviously, you usually have, usually have chatted. You're still friendly with him. You've, you've said he's messaging you at the weekend. That was probably quite difficult for Peyton in his first season overseas and, and this situation has came up. And like a lot of time for Peyton. He was very, very friendly towards us on the podcast and, and he got a lot of... Um, he came on the podcast a couple of times, and I, I haven't seen a reaction for a long time for for one player um, like he got. Um, obviously, he ended up with the player of the month, and then just a couple of weeks later, obviously the best goal news drops, and he decides that um, he's probably analysed. Let's be honest, he's probably analysed the situation, thought he's probably not going to get as much game time as he wanted, and, and the opportunities came along to move on, and he's taken it. That's just the life of a goalie. Life of a hockey player, you know, not just well, the goalies. Yeah. Yeah, um, could happen to anyone. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a tough one. Like, listen, I'll, I'll. Peyton's a great guy, great teammate, fantastic teammate, great with me, great with Wes. Um, and you know, it, it was sad to see him go because he, he really, you know, he's one of those guys that you want to have in the room. Um, you know, you can always, you know, go to or or he was always there and available, and he he was very hard working. Whenever we done our fitness tests at the start of the year, he came in number one overall. And that's not. Usually the goalies are at the back end. I can attain to that, and <laughs> they, um, he was, he was, you know, he, he was a, a a really good professional. Look, it just didn't go his way for for a while. You know, I thought he was good in the CHL in periods. I thought he was good, you know, in some big games. And you know, he, it's his first year pro, and you know, he maybe he maybe had a little bit of a lull there. And and at that time, you know, I think maybe you know the team decided, you know, here's an opportunity with Besco wanting to come back and play. You know, it's not like you know anyone was you know searing or gunning for anyone's job. I think Besco, a big part of it is the fact that his wee man, you know, wanted him to play hockey again. So so Besco, you know, he came in and and I'm glad you said you know we didn't we didn't fire Peyton, you know, oh, of course, or, or release Peyton. You know, he he decided you know I want to play. You know, I've got a, I'm first year pro. I need to go get the games. So. He's made a tough decision to go to Nottingham, you know, um, and he's done it very professionally. And everyone at the team wishes him well. And we, as I said, we were sad to see him go. And I wish him nothing but the best. Um, just not against us. Um, but you know, it, it's it's a hockey decision, and and you can't argue with Besco's CV and Besco's record here in Belfast. Um, 
it is what it is. I, I think you know whenever he's on, he's the best goaltender in the league. See on the see on the human side of things. If you want, I know we talk about human beings and all people. Um, as you say, absolutely lovely fella, and you'll probably stay in touch. Is that is that one of the the difficult things about you? You come goalie unit especially are probably even closer as a, as a foursome if you like or a threesome as it was at the time and that guy's just gone from your life and the next day is that difficult as a hockey player you you're, you make properly good friends with these people um yeah it is i mean there's some guys that you'll obviously um bond with more in a season you know i'm not saying there's clicks around the guy there but it just happens you might sit beside him in the locker room or or you might sit behind him on the bus or whatever it is you know what i mean um, so you might, you know, become like really good mates with that guy, and then you know he might be he might be only over here for a year doing schools, and he wants to go somewhere else, or he might be retiring, or or whatever, whatever it may be. And you know, chances are you're not, you might not see that player again in your life. Um, the a good example is whenever I played in Invicta, it was sort of my first year, pro, semi pro, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that's only over in London. I haven't seen one of those guys. Not one. Zach Sullivan, because he plays in the league. That's it. Not haven't mm-hmm. seen another one. And they were they were they were great guys. I love that year. Um and you know, I think highly of them all, but it's it's just something you get you do get used to it. Um, um there is guys, obviously I was talking about Johnny Boxhill and stuff like that there, especially if you play with some people for a few years, you know, and, and you do um develop quite a good bond. And you know, he'll send me like golf memes and things got like there. And even Hookie, whenever Hookie was in Austria, um, you know, we were banter back and forth and and mace and stuff like that there so you stay in touch but you know some of them you know you'll just you just never see them again you know i'm sure there's a lot of guys who haven't thought twice about me since since then and you know they just move on with their lives i disagree with that um dicko this is an <laughs> absolutely loaded question uh the question was going to be you know you said earlier that as long as you feel like you can keep doing it you're going to keep doing it and, and i wholeheartedly agree i can't imagine a belfast challenge without andrew dixon to be honest but um have you ever given thought to what you do after hockey and because the reason it's a loaded question <coughs> i've uh, i've had to cover a few games just from home and remotely over the past kind of few weeks and i've been lucky enough to to tune in to to you and says uh in the broadcast booth up in up in suite 24 there um and i also know that it's completely pointless trying to say nice things about andy dixon because he just tells you where to go but the 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 natural ability you have the eloquence you have your analytical ability your personality you've just seen it lends itself so incredibly to, and I'm not just saying ice hockey media. I'm saying sports media. Uh, the, there, I, I genuinely believe if you had the time and wanted to do it, that you would have no shortage of offers to to work in sports media, be that radio, be that whatever. Uh, I, have you ever considered pursuing that? Because it's much more than just something that you do because you're around the arena not playing. You have a very, very genuine talent that uh, that not everybody has and not everybody's blessed with yeah. um i have a i wouldn't i'd be lying if i said i had thought about it i, I don't know I've, i never really thought about being a professional hockey player it just happened um <laughs> just just, you know, maybe you know i don't know i i actually robert fitzpatrick pulled me out the other day and he said the same thing and i've got i've got it on facebook and instagram things got like there and um and even my my girlfriend's an, an actress and um she she's sort of saying the same sort of thing but i don't know like as you said hockey's easy i just talk and I'm, my dad was a radio dj so maybe i got you know a little bit from him yeah he was he was a total mouth so the um <laughs> so maybe, maybe i've got a little bit from him so um i don't know i just you know i just try and keep it simple and, and 
say what I see. So I'm glad people appreciate it and like it. Um, Sis, you know, Sis does a great job and he he, he guides you and keeps you right, you know. Um, so it's very much appreciated. But I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really thought about it. If I did, um, I mean, there's not many jobs in hockey in, in the UK. And what there is, I think Murph and, and Shedzy and Paul Lady do a fantastic job and pretty much have it covered anyway. So... I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll, yeah, maybe golf. I'll do golf or darts. I actually I can't yeah, count quick enough for darts. <laughs> so it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to pay the bills, but I'm just saying keep it, keep the options open. If, if you've got a talent there, do not let it go to waste because uh, I genuinely, I, I think you're, you're one of the best I've ever heard. Um, the, I guess to deload the question then, what do you, do you have a, a sort of path for yourself once hockey comes to your close? Do you want to stay in the game? What do you want to do when, when come the day far in the future when it's all said and done? Um, yeah, when it's all said and done, I, I don't know if I can stay in the game. Um, well, what would I do? You know, it's tough in the UK. Um, there's not many jobs going. Um, Kiefer spoke to me before about, you know, doing stuff and, and you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I find I think it would be very hard for me to have a coaching role. Believe it or not, I, I know very, very little about hockey um, in terms of what, you know, Kiefer or Mace or, or I don't know, Basti would know. You know, they, I'm, 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 Pretty numb. I'm, I'm, I'm actually not great at, at picking up whatever teams are doing. Um, so I don't know. Um, there was a while where I toyed with becoming an equipment manager. I, I spoke to Fife and Dundee um, and actually Glasgow as well. But Kiefer said, you know, he wanted <laughs> to keep playing. And, and uh, you know, so, you know, I was trying, if I was going to Fife or Dundee, I was I was going to try and do it or, or Glasgow, I was going to do it and play for a little bit longer kind of like what thomas murray done mm-hmm. over in uh, over in cardiff um i don't know I'm, I'm kind of um i'd love to get into uh, a career in golf believe it or not like working in like a pro shop or or doing something like that there um yeah how was my t-shirt i've just, just been admiring your tiger t-shirt <laughs> the um so yeah that, that that would be that would be fantastic um and so uh you know, I've I've thought of applying, and I've spoke to a couple of you know head pros who thought about maybe I'm I'm no I'm not not as a pro I'm I'm not good enough I'm nowhere near good enough I'm very very average golfer but um you know if you if you can do something that you love then why why not try and pursue it so I don't know hockey's a tough one because as I said it's very limited for jobs especially in the UK um and then you know can you imagine like someone trying to apply for a job in I don't know Canada or America oh, where are you from Northern Ireland what like you know <laughs> you know so it, do, it doesn't really it doesn't really correlate you know i suppose that what's the old saying if the if the job if your job's something you love you'll never work a day in your life you know it's, yeah uh, correct yeah and you know do, do, I've, I've done a, i've done a good job of bluffing for the last sort of 15 years anyways <laughs> Well, I'm just before because we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna let you go in a second. Diego, I just want to basically reinforce what you all said, and you know, myself and Davy. I'm, I'm sure Davy will be, will will, um, will agree. You know, most of the the way we consume the chance these days is is through the webcast, and both you and Gareth Martin. If Gareth Martin, it's fantastic to hear local voices on on the. Um, I've said this many times. Fantastic local voices being uh, the the commentary and co commentary on on the webcast. You know, Murph, who was on earlier, you know, does a fantastic job for via play and you, you know you know him well from from playing yeah. and playing days as well but you know to hear yourself says gareth martin do what you do and the analytical stuff that you do in that game i watched that game uh the other day was, was 
remarkable and i totally agree with joel it's something you should definitely consider because really enjoy it when you're on there you you break the game down so well you give an insight especially in goalkeeping that very few others have been able to do but then you're able to bring that out into defense and also analyze what's coming in on attack it's 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 brilliant mate so i know you don't like hearing that and i know you like you you just say i don't consider it because you do a great job what i will say just is um we're now into an international break. The next game for the chance will be against the, the, the Nottingham Panthers in just over a week, well, a week's time. Um, how important is that to you, the guys in the room, to get that rest, to get that break, to maybe get away on a bit of a holiday? I think it's a mental thing. Um, just go and, and you know, shut your head off from hockey for a while. People don't maybe appreciate how, how busy your schedule is. You, you know, you might have a day off, but it's a travel day or, or you know, or you have to go to the gym. And we're in, you know, we go to Dundonald and, you know, you're in there at eight o'clock in the morning. And I know people have hard jobs and go to work, but, you know, it's very repetitive and, and, you know, the strain and the stress that it puts on people, you know, it's very, very hard to sleep after hockey. I don't know if people know that. Like, I can't sleep after I've played 15 minutes, never mind what guys are doing. So if they play Saturday night, can you imagine trying to sleep after playing Guildford in a, in a 2-1 game, you know, and then you're maybe up to four in the morning then you sleep in, you come back to the rink, you have to warm up and do it all again. And at the same time, you know, you're taking knocks, you're getting hurt. So, you know, let some guys, you know, you know, get their bodies, you know, a little bit of a break. But I think, mainly it's it's a mental thing and you just take a few days off and, and refresh yourself and get ready for that last push fantastic well listen mate thank you so much for coming on giving your uh your breakdown on those goals and, and the chat yeah, no it's problem. always brilliant to having you on we love having you on this show and uh hopefully we'll see you between the pipes later in the season hope so yeah maybe yeah that'll do okay lads thank you very much Cheers, thanks Andy. Deco. Thank yes have a good one cheers bye great having Deco on you know it's like just he talks so well. Like, Joel, I, I totally agree with you. He talks so well about the game. He analyzes the game so well. And maybe, <laughs> as, as you've seen with, you know, with, with the breakdown you brilliantly did there with, with him on his goals, he's able to analyze his own game very well. I, I, I find it quite interesting, his, anal, his analysis on the first goal of it being too deep and how he yeah. corrected that. Actually, for the second goal, he's right out in the top of the blue paint. Okay, he doesn't get a good look at it, but within just a couple of minutes of being on the ice, he's a bit more comfortable already. Difficult for him. It's been almost a year since he, he played you know, in anger, and he'll tell you himself, training's training, and you can be as hot as anything in training. You get out there in front of 6,000 people when you've been sitting about getting cold for two hours, and it is cold down there at the rink you know, at ice level. So, you know, hard coming in and then then getting a couple of nasty shots right right from the get go, and you know the defense didn't help him out in that first one particularly. Unfortunate, we've, we've analyzed the goal ourselves. You know the puck gets a wee bit stuck up in the snow at the Zamboni door there, and unfortunately, it, it just the the just the perfect storm of, of things went wrong there on that goal, and that leaves him in front. And he he talks himself about being too deep and stuff. So he bit bit hardened himself there, I feel, especially in the in the circumstances of the game. I kind of feel that. He maybe didn't enjoy it as much as he deserved to enjoy it because he's being ultra critical on himself, and I don't think that's that's healthy either. I think you know he, he needs to maybe realize that uh, he's been part of a great win there last night, and he's been important, and he's been so important to the team. You know, Deco has his fingerprints on every win this season because he's there during the week, yep. making those guys prepared and ready for Saturday night. So. You know, as Joel said there, let's hope it doesn't happen anytime soon, but it'll be hard to watch a Belfast Giants team without seeing Andrew Dixon's name on the roster. And you just need to hear the crowd 
get involved and how happy we were for him and how happy we were to have him on our team last night and or sorry Sunday night sorry Paddy <laughs> <I'm breaking laughs> the but uh yeah I, I think love, when, love, when, love that chat when he when he came out when he came when he was brought out uh, you could hear the the roar I could hear the roar from the from the SSE arena through the webcast and uh, but even just like my kids were running around and they they came in because I was cheering I was just like what are you cheering for daddy and it's like Andrew Dixon's coming in the nets and that's just something just something you like to see from a yeah. personal perspective to see a local lad being being nets for for my team is just something I love seeing. And uh, I didn't put it this way to my five-year-old because she wouldn't understand that. I just said, Daddy <laughs> likes that player. And it's like, yeah. it's so, it's like, You'll it's learn this, Joel. You'll learn this, Joel. Keep it simple. Keep yeah. it simple. But, uh, but yeah, the highlights of that game, <laughs> thanks to Tego thanks to and the Murph and looking back over that five game, the highlights were for Giants um, TV. Actually, I am before, and we're over the hour now, so... Um, <laughs> One thing right. I'm going to talk about, David, because we talked about this earlier, I oh. don't want it to go by, is the issue that has been on social media today, and it is the the coming together between Gabe Bast and uh, and Shane Owen. And it's on the highlights. Have you have you di- disappeared them? I've disappeared them. Let's see if I'm fine. But obviously, um, it it led to ultimately. I can I guess it led to a goal for the Belfast chance. If I can just find the led a good penalty kill first and foremost. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, but we've had a bit of a we've had a bit I, of a I disagreement. I find it. You score. We've had a bit of a disagreement. Um, there have been people who have been. There's been a lot made of it uh, about uh, Shane Owen's reaction. Um, obviously, Gabe Bass receive a penalty, then steps out of the box and scores on on Shane Owen. And the discussion has been whether there was a level of embellishment and that quote justice was served. And. Um, no. Well, that, that that you well hold oh, on. You, you look you look you look at the way it's being portrayed on on um, on social media from the likes. Of, yes, and like you know, there, there was obviously this morning, yesterday morning, there was obviously a, a three line whip from the guys at uh, at Boomerang Corner to get that video out there and to mock the fact that Shane Owen. Here's the video here now. Went, just went I've, down. Go on. I've just paused that at, at the at the opportune moment. The. <laughs> Third period has just started, and I think Tyler Beskarani might even mention it on um, commentary. It's slippier, right? So when a one plays this puck, he naturally comes out further than he would normally slide, right? Yes. Bast doesn't automatically read that. Now, for me, Correct. can Bast avoid the contact? No. Probably. No, I'm not so sure, Paddy. It doesn't change his stride. It doesn't change his position, and he doesn't hang a leg. So he keeps going on a straight line. Can he do a, a left hook? I don't know. Um, but anyway, that draws the crowd. For me, he's clipped them in the helmet. Absolutely A-OK with that. I had this discussion with Dave Grant earlier on. Everything about Newton's laws tells you that if you get hit in the head there, you would go over onto your right hip. You would go the same direction. And he goes down on his belly. He's clearly coming over to the scrummage scrum, there. He's not hurt. He's having a wee look around. You get this might be a better view here. Everything tells me if he's hit that way, he should flip over on this right hip. He goes down on his belly, throws his legs out. I think there's an element of embellishment in it, but he does get hit. So I'm not yes. saying he took a dive, but I'm saying that it's maybe not quite my, as bad. My, You've got Tyler Biscoe Ami comments on it and says not for him, but 
I'm happy to be. No, we're still with Terry Basquiat does say that, but my take of that is the fact that it's not a penalty. And I agree, it's not a penalty. I don't think it's a penalty. I don't think it's a goalie interference penalty, and that's what's got. I do think that Owen has every right to go down in that situation. He's been clipped on the oh, side yeah. of the head. He's been clipped on the side There's of the, the head. And like I defy anybody to go into that position on their hands and knees and be clipped on the side of the head from a guy traveling at that speed. So, you know, if if you know, in that scenario, I've no issue with uh with Shane on going down because I think I would. I've an issue with people mocking that to an to to an extent, the fact that it was a dive. I don't think it was a dive. I think he's every right to go down. Um, you know, he's hurt. Stop the game, let him get back up. Absolutely. But like I say, there was a there, there appeared to be like a, a three line whip to, to, to sort of get the video out there and, and mock him for that. I don't agree with that. He, I think he that, didn't dive. Think, That's we can rule that out. He, there's contact one hundred percent. There's no there's, there's dive there. There's a contact of the head. Um he's not hurt because by the time Gabe Bass gets the half one, half the five team jump him, Shane Owen has skated over himself. So glad that he's not hurt. Very, yes. very happy. He don't like to see anybody getting hurt. He got the bird for the rest of the game for sure. But you know, it's one of those. It's just a hockey play. I don't yeah. think Bast has any intention of hitting him, but he does. And um, to be honest, it, it probably falls under goaltender interference, and I can live with the two minute penalty actually with it. But you know, he comes out of the box. Matty Carton shoves him out of the box and tells him to turn left. Go, go, go! <laughs> and, assist. Uh, so assist to Matty Carton, of course, and uh, and, a, and a great outlet pass. Um, a really, really strong play from. From uh, Sam Rupp, actually, who, who doesn't get an assist on the play, but uh, makes a really nice play behind his own net. Yeah. And, and we, we spring up the ice, so, you know, we score the goal. Yeah, I think I think it's just one of those that I think if the shoe was on the other foot and the other and I and you flip that round and that's West in that position, I think that not only would we be glad that our team basically dug in to sort of protect our, our goalkeeper, but you know, there would there would be a level of you know seven uh, game ban mate would be yeah exactly would be tagging dops would be tagging dops it's one of those I'm so. all for, like I don't get me wrong it sounds <laughs> like I'm basically having a go at the guys at BC I'm not I understand I understand what's going on there I understand the, the crack I understand the trolling that goes on there because let's be fair I do a hell of a lot of it myself no you know, <laughs> some, well, some sometimes <laughs> not so much news. do you know what yes yesterday sorry day before yesterday uh, the, um Neil Russell called me going soft. Said I was going soft because I would. You're nicer was, than you used to be. He he was trying to incite me into going after a certain individual, and I just wasn't going to do that. That's the way it is. And as I said on last week's show, I'm growing as a person. Anyway, right, we'll move on from that. Like I say, the the highlights from uh, Jan's TV uh, from the game against the Five Flowers that puts the Belfast Jans two points behind the uh, the Guildford Flames, who are top. And um, before we get to the news, because there's still a little bit to do, let's have a look at the Player of the Month. And it uh, it went with forty eight point nine percent to Scott Conway. We've said for weeks that uh, for months that maybe it's a we we he should be up in the run. He should be part of this. And finally, he has received the most coveted trophy in sport, and uh, presented by the fantastic Kevin McConville, um, son of son oh of boy. son of James, a good friend of us all for many 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 years at the Belfast Giants. It's good to see Special K get his get his moment and uh, present the AVFTB. Davey, statistically, this was the man. <coughs> yes, statistically, forty eight point nine percent of those. <laughs> But yeah, nine plus nine on the month um, led the team in plus minus. Um, as we talked about earlier in the game, trains says talks about it. Trains the way he plays, plays the way he trains, and uh, going to fifteen. I, th- I think it's Sherbinen, nearly sure. Whenever he he, he he goes down, 
the 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 left half wall and cuts inside, sends Sherman in for a wee trip, and then looks up and and sort of lays a shot on, but it's off one person skates and off another skates, and I don't know whether it's so much as how did that go in or why did you have to take that shot? You know, yes, fifty nine minutes thirty five seconds gone in the game here, mate. You know you're you're rubbing salt in the wood. Don't care eighty fourth point this season, mate. You know read all about it in the papers. So you know he's <laughs> he's he's absolutely. I know he's Lily's favorite player, and she's turning him. She's forcing me to make him my favorite player. It's not very difficult. Um, everything you know, I put a tweet out about him the other day, uh, maybe about a fortnight ago. Now getting his hundredth point, he's tough. As Iron Murphy would say, he's as tough as a night in jail. You know, he's strong. He's hard to knock off the puck. He goes both ways. He wins face-offs, over a thousand face-offs taken this season. Maybe getting on for twelve or thirteen hundred face-offs taken already this season. Um, He's he's depended on over 20 face-offs a game. They're not big game where Scott Conway takes less than 20 face-offs. It just doesn't happen. He's 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 going up the hit charts, he's going up the block charts, he's just got a little bit of everything. And I don't know how we've got him. I don't know how we'll hold on to him, but I really hope we do. Yeah, here, here. Joe. Yeah, not a lot to add to that, Patty, other than uh we I, I say it a lot. I have said it a lot in previous player of the months. It's like, well, Conzo's always unreal. You know, he's obviously fantastic. You shouldn't be getting punished for being consistently phenomenal. So it was very nice to see that reflected in the in the public vote. Um, Scott Conway is the best player in this league. He's the best player the Belfast Giants have had in some time. Um, and if we manage to hold on to him beyond this season, my goodness. Uh, Cons deserves a long and extremely successful career in this game. Uh, and like many others before him, it all starts with the Avery from the Bridge Player of the Month. <laughs> <laughs> he finally got there. He finally got there. No doubt. Yeah, congrats, mate. Uh, you can you can finally tick that one off. His, his first trophy of the season. And, uh, <laughs> have, you, have you got Have you got the list from the start party anywhere? I do. Yeah, I do have a list of the uh, of the. I don't have it like the hand, but I do have the list I'd because every so that. often, I must put it out sometime. It, because every so often, Sis sends me a message saying, "Have you got that list? We need to get the cup engraved." It's like, oh yeah, yeah. must update that. So. Yeah, well, it'll I, soon, I it'll need a it'll need a second base soon. It will do. I'm going for a few years now. I think, uh, am am I right in saying David Rutherford was the first winner? Like he was way back. Like, David what, Rutherford was in twenty sixteen or something. Now? Yeah, easy. David Rutherford was the very first winner of this of you from the bridge player of the month sponsored by Phonacab. and uh, the latest winner is of course Scott Conway. Congratulations to him, and uh, you know if he does well, maybe he'll win another. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he just needs to keep the point, keep 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 the chin up, mate. Keep the points coming. You might, uh, you might see yourself with a second name on that. Congratulations to him, and a big thanks to uh, Phonocab for sponsoring the award. Jolie, give us some news. Yeah, and in the 86th minute of tonight's 60-minute show, uh, this past <laughs> week in the Firefly Elite League, uh, last Friday, the Five Flyers kicked off the weekend's action with a 2-0 win at home to the Manchester Storm. On Saturday, the Storm's road trip continued to Dundee, where they were beaten 3-1 by the Stars. Despite that, Jeff Mason's side finished the weekend rooted to the foot of the table and four points adrift of the Flyers in ninth. Um, Coventry Blaze gave the Cardiff Devils the slipper. Slipper of the week goes to the Blaze. Uh, for beating the Devils 6-0 at the Sky Dome. The Glasgow clan took care of the Flyers with a 3-1 win at Brayhead, putting them back into playoff contention, which is something that you probably couldn't have believed possible even a couple of months ago. Um, and the Sheffield Steelers travelled to Nottingham for the rivalry game, needing overtime to defeat 
to defeat Corey Nielsen's side 4-3. On Sunday, the Steelers returned home to bring the Blaze back down to earth, beating them 4-1, and the Panthers were on the right side of an OT win down in Cardiff Bay, defeating the Devils 5-4. Um, probably the, 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 the eyebrow raiser of the week, um, the Cardiff Devils have released Canadian forward Stefan Fournier. Uh, Fournier joined the Devils just after Christmas, played a total of 10 games in the Elite League, scoring three goals, three assists. He also played three games in the Continental Cup final in Angers. Um, in France back in, ja- in <laughs> January. <laughs> January. <laughs> January. Fournier has been released for breaching the terms of his contract. And a sentence that you rarely see after Fournier has been released for breaching the terms of his contract. The Devils would like to thank Stefan Fournier for his contribution to the team and wish him the best of luck in his career going forward. So I don't know what's going on there. but That's uh, really odd, isn't it? Weird. Like, it's weird. I don't know. Uh, and, not, and, and also the day after uh, day after his shirt was sold to somebody for 500 quid on the uh, in the in the auction for the, for the pride jerseys so somebody somebody's put 500 notes down hold you know i'll do a good cause i think um so, yeah. goodness knows what's happened there boys but um yeah i i i, 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 I was a i was a fan you thought he i like the edge he played the game with you know he couldn't always get a dance partner, and that, of course, in that league is a, sometimes a bit of a one-trick pony because if you're only there to kind of rough things up. But <coughs> six six points through ten games, and your start to the and your start to your EIHL life is probably a good enough return. You know, point six points per game is not terrible. There's more. There's obviously more to it when they've, they've said he's he's breached his contract. Yeah. Whatever he's done, he's been a silly boy, but. You know, he, he seemed to go with uh, on good enough terms. That aside, we can all speculate as to what it's probably been. We're not going to do live on air, though. <laughs> the lawyers have said. The lawyers say no. Okay. Not again. Um, not again. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy Bryson's doing half price, like. And, <laughs> you're going to get JWE consultancy involved. <laughs> we're not. We're not going there. Uh, <laughs> Are we done? Coventry Blaze forward Ross Venus joined the 700 club on Sunday past. I think in the 700 elite league game when he skated out for Coventry against the Sheffield Steelers at the Utilita Arena. Um, 28 years old, becomes the 20th player to reach the milestone and only the 10th active to hit 700 games. Um, we he, all was only, he was actually only 27 when their intro music started. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal moment from Danny Stewart this week. Interview of the weekend. Uh, well done to Stephen Smith for... Uh, for making that his moment of the week. Um, a product of the Blazers Youth Academy, Venus made his debut back in 10-11 um, and has been an ever-present ever since. Um, sits only behind Russ Cowley for most all-time games for the club. Um, anybody want to have a stab at players who have played for the Giants who are also in the 700 club? I count well, Davey McGimsey's going into every single one of them. I count seven. That seven. have played over 700 Elite League games? Yeah. If well, Mark Marseille. Yeah, Mark, there's one. Mark Garshay, Colin Shields. There's two. Uh, Graham Walton. Nope. No. Yeah, Wally played 686, but all for us. Um, George Watt is probably up there. He's not. You can give up whenever you like. I just wrote it down earlier. Oh, of course, they'll have played a lot of games for other teams. Yeah. Much but I, I mean, they, yeah, some of them have had a cup of coffee in Belfast. Like, I mean, yeah. Robert Dowd. Robert Dowd's one. You've got four to go. C- That's CB Cock. Uh, yep. Yeah, three to go. Any clues coming out here at all? One, one's a goalie, one's a defenseman, and one was here for about five minutes. 
Well, Stephen Murphy played 400 plus for us and he played for Manchester. Stephen Murphy. Stephen Murphy's one of them. You've got an active defenseman in the league right now is another one. An active defenseman in the league? Barry McKenzie? Not Barry McKenzie. No. He's plays in Sheffield. Davy P. Davy Phillips. Davy Phillips, of and course. The last one, if you get it, I'll be very surprised. He was a late signing who came here, uh, played on the road a lot, won a Challenge Cup. And and way back, Challenge Cup or no, only Cup, about yeah. four years ago. He was a late signing. Not Matto. No. Come on, give me something else. Give me something else, Joel. Don't like to be uh, initials are AT. Oh, big tit. Ashley Tate. Of There's the grey matter exercise for the night. I could be I, I, that's that's all that I could count from the list anyway. But uh, that, that's impressive knowledge. Well done, boys. Um, and uh, thanks for playing Jolie 700 Club. That was your news, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, right. We're going to start wrapping this. Thanks, Joel. We're going to start wrapping this show up. We are going to have a week off next week in Abusing the Bridge because it's obviously it's obviously International Week uh, this weekend. So there's no hockey games in the next seven days. Uh, they will come back uh, on Tuesday the 14th. And that game we talked about at the NIC on via play with Aaron Murphy and Paul Eady, Belfast Giants at the Nottingham Panthers. I did drop in that thing that I believe that a win for that in the Belfast Giants will put us above the Guildford Flames going into the spectrum. So it is a big game for the Belfast Giants with regards to that sort of that sort of psychological status. Um, then we go into the next day, 17th, sorry, Wednesday the 15th uh, against the Flames at the Spectrum. Get that on Flames TV. Saturday the 18th, we're at home to the Clan at 7 p.m. And on Sunday the 19th, we're at home to the Panthers at 4 p.m. Both at the SSE Arena. Get them on Belfast Giants TV. Any other business, boys? You have four games. Um, We're going to have to cover the next one, Mip. So, uh, I, it's like you know, you, you take a week off in the middle of the season and then have four games in five days in a week. Just, yeah, four games. It's a, it's a Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, nothing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, four games yeah. in six days. It's not a week off, it's just work displacement. That's a hell of a schedule once they come back. It is. Any other business, boys? No, no. Well, on that note, we'll start to wrap things up. Uh, big thanks to uh, to Marcin and Dadahi for coming on. Congratulations to Hannah McCall for for the uh, for winning that, and a big thank you to everybody who put their hand in their pocket and uh, yeah. put money towards this. It's an absolutely phenomenal target, but we're not surprised because the Belfast Giants fans always come up trumps when it comes to this. Um, big thanks to, to Aaron Murphy for coming on and to Deco for the phenomenal bit of analysis. Congratulations to him and getting on getting on yesterday and uh, hopefully we see him again. Um, you can get us at, at AVFTV on Twitter, on Facebook, on kingdomofthegiants.com. We always get the email from Gary Crooks with Viaduct uh, every week. And every week get an email of a Viaduct. So podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com. Keep the emails coming. Probably just Gary, but keep the emails coming if you want to send an email. Um, a big thank you to you, Davey, for thanks for the, the cutting of the videos and all that sort of stuff. Joel, I'm just going to leave this right to the very end. Um, unfortunately, this marks the end of the road for now for, uh, for for Joel with us here on A View from the Bridge. For the last number of years, Joel, you've been a very valued member. We all, We often have this scenario where somebody 
has to take a time and, and you know. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <He's gone. laughs> Bring him back. All right, all right, all right. He's back, uh, Joe. We um over the last number of years, you've been a part of the View from the Bridge family, and and it's been phenomenal to have you. Your your um what you've brought to the show, what you've brought to what we produce, both on here on the show, but also what you've done off the show and, and the work you've done when you were doing the uh, the post-game interviews and, and the stuff in the bar and stuff like that is invaluable to us. We're very, very sad that you're, you've taken this decision and that we totally respect that and we wish you well. Um, what I will say is that the door is always open. Uh, it always is. Uh, you know, we've said it. Uh, we said it to everybody between the people who have been on this show. Any sort of length of time between Aaron, Connor, says coach, yourself, me and Davey are just staples here. But the door is always open to you. And uh, you know, we've we've given you grief about being the younger one on this, and you've got a younger one coming yourself. So put a bit of focus into that. I don't know what I'm saying this year in WhatsApp. It's not as if you're going to vanish out of our lives. You're just <laughs> this show. But but the amount of stuff that we've got from people who always come up and talk about you know, the chemistry. I, and the things that you bring and i've said this about says and i've said this about all is phenomenal so um best of luck mate and uh what i will say is this is the last thing i'm going to say on this show today and uh i'm gonna let you take the show out oh boys listen uh, yeah for what it's worth i mean i I'd, i'm not one for for doing the dramatics um and uh unfortunately for everybody on elite league twitter there isn't any drama here um i just I spent a lot of plates in my life um i don't have a lot of free time and I'm going to be doing my family a disservice if I don't make some time for them. Um, it's just not not sustainable. So sadly, something had to go. Um, and it's extremely, extremely bittersweet um, that just this this is one of the things that takes up a lot of spare time during the week between sort of the podcast on a Tuesday night and, and the, the game reports, the tweets, whatever else. You just have to always be there. You lose your weekends to it. Um, it's, it's kind of four hours work on a game night, whatever. Um, so look, it's, it's extremely bittersweet, but I just, I'm, I'm making a call right now for the stage in life that I'm at. Um, I'm immensely grateful to both of you, um, to Simon as well, to the Giants, um, the Giants marketing team, uh, Adam Keefe and everybody who let me into their space um, and, and let me sort of uh, hang around, ask questions and be an idiot. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do a, a farewell speech here, but it's just the right time for me at the minute to, to step away and make some time and, and prioritize. Um, and I'll be, and I'll be keeping an eye. Um, I'm extremely, extremely proud of this show. Um, it's done a lot for me. You guys have done a lot for me. Um, and just thank you very much to anybody who took the time to listen to any of the nonsense I've spouted over the past kind of four or five years. Um, I'll uh, I'll be on the internet. I'll see you about. You know how the show's end. You, you know how the show ends, mate. Wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And Patty and Davey will catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.